When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nothing personal word of the day. It's Friday, May 27th, 2022 of what's been a terrible, horrible week coming to an end. The word of the day is action, as in a call to action, as in lights, camera action, as in what's everyone doing to act. Everyone this week after the shooting, another mass shooting happened, Rob Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, we're doing stuff. Nothing personal is getting your resumes. We are doing stuff. We're going to choose someone. We're going to hire someone. We're going to do a project. We're going to educate people. We're going to inform people. We're going to make people make decisions. I am tired, tired of people this random Friday morning telling me that everything that we're doing doesn't matter, won't make a difference because I disagree. And the reason I disagree is that our call to action is education. I'm tired of people saying that, oh, you're to the left, you're to the right. You voted for Trump, you didn't vote for Trump. It doesn't matter. What matters is that if you don't vote or you don't vote for people who you understand what they stand for, just take Texas as an example. If you vote for Greg Abbott, for all the listeners in Texas, and Coca tells me there's many, if you vote for Abbott, then that's what you get. That's okay, I'm in. And that's hard to say, right? God, that makes me crazy that I even say that, Coca, that I will accept Greg Abbott as your governor if you vote for him and you know exactly who he is when you vote for him. It's not like he's lying about who he is or he's hiding his policies. He actually says it. Like Herschel Walker in Georgia, for Christ's sake. Bless me. Avosue. That means your wishes. That means God bless you in French. Try to correct me, but VOS is the formal of two. Two vu. Herschel Walker, what, what? What? I don't understand what he's talking about. And you're going to vote for him? Why? Because Trump tells you to? Is this what our voters are like? Having a vote is a privilege. It may be a right and a privilege. But I want to talk about action. Because here's what happens I want to bring you back a little detour that I just thought of, Coca, and this is not going to land well. But at Nothing Personal, we give it to you straight. Before the season would start, we would do budgets. Budgets are actually done when you're running your company before the start of the fiscal year. In theory, they're supposed to be done and approved before the year starts. Often, budgets are approved after the year starts, which never I never understood that. In baseball, we had to have payroll approved by the owner. We had to have the entire budget done, approved, and given to every department so they knew exactly what they could spend. We knew what the sources and uses of funds would be. Do you know that we had in our budget what I will call to you, so to make things easier, the disaster relief fund. So in Florida, let's just pretend there's a hurricane. 
Ooh, the Miami Marlins have decided to donate $25,000 to Hurricane Gimmel. Oh, there's wildfires in the Everglades. The Miami Marlins have decided to donate $10,000 to fight the fires in the Everglades. Oh, there's a mass shooting. The Miami Marlins have agreed to donate money to the benefit of victims of whatever horrible act is happening. That sounds so cold, doesn't it? The reason why we did that is I don't wanna have to run to the owner every time saying, oh, there's another thing, let's get another 25K, I need a check. We just assume bad stuff's gonna happen and it did every single year. We would do corporate sponsorship deals where part of the deals were charitable, had charitable components that would be earmarked toward PR related tragedies. I'm looking back on the way we did it and the way leagues do it. Take a look after bad things happen. The players union and the commissioner's office have gotten together and donated $1 million toward do you know that's already part of their agreement? Part of the collective bargaining agreement is there's a big pot of money that goes to these things. Well, where's it going? We had people who we employed who would help us decide where to donate the money that would have the greatest impact, where to donate it, whether it's in Cuba, whether whatever state it was in, including Florida. What can we do to make the biggest difference? Then you write the check, donate the money. You do a presentation on the field. You make sure the media's paying attention. You put it on social media. You take a photo and you go to bed and you wake up on the other side of the pillow. And you say, all right, next. You do a full Jed Bartlett. What's next? Am I the only one? No, I'm not. Does it make it wrong? You need money. You need to donate money. True. But we need solutions now, and that's what I'm working toward. The best solution I can come up with is education. There's teams right now who are figuring out what to do. And I don't know if you're paying attention, but I am. The New York Yankees and the Tampa Bay Rays played a game last night. The Yankees beat the Rays. They're finally playing good opponents. If they storm through the Rays, that means they really are for real. And they decided that they would donate their entire game of social media to the tragedy that happened in Texas. That means that they had a 25-year-old guy throughout the course of the game tweeting out stats. The number of people who've died at the hands of guns is blank. The number of kids who have died, the number of guns that are owned by Americans, and they went through stat after stat after stat after doing an entire announcement in lieu of game coverage and in collaboration with the Tampa Bay Rays, we will be using our channels to offer facts about the impacts of gun violence, the devastating events that have taken place in Uvalde, Buffalo, and countless other communities across our nation are tragedies that are intolerable. And, and what's next, Randy and Hal and Brian, president, GM and owner of the Yankees? You're telling me that you're spending a full day giving us facts? 4.5 million women in the U.S. today report having been threatened with a gun by an intimate partner, including one of your players. But don't worry, he can get people out. So he's our closer. But when he can't get people out, hey, we may put him in middle relief or we're going to put him on the IL. But the fact that he threatened an intimate partner with a gun, eh, it's not great. He got suspended. He served his time. But we want him because we need a ring. I get it. But don't pretend that there's any action coming out of the Bronx. One game 
two games, 10 games. Do it the rest of the year. I don't care. That's not action. I have an idea. How about Randy Levine? And yes, Randy, I would tell you personally, you know I would. We've known each other a long time. How about the effort that you put in to make sure that Aaron Judge could play in Yankee Stadium? How about the effort that you put in with the politicians to make sure that those politicians gave Aaron Judge the right to play, whether he was vaccinated or not, home games in New York? What about you, Steve Cohn, and the energy you put, the money you gave to politicians to make sure your guys could play home games? That's a lot of money and a lot of effort. That's a lot of political pull. You think you have more political pull than a normal person? Yeah, you do. I can't figure out why people won't act. But they pretend they're acting by saying they're acting, but just by saying you're acting doesn't mean that you're actually taking action of any kind. Maybe it's because you don't know what to do. Paralysis. I've got a cure for paralysis. I only wish I had a cure for real paralysis, but the paralysis of inaction, do you know what the cure is? It's actually caring about the result. Remember yesterday we talked, or was it two days ago, we talked about theory and reality. It's all theoretical when you're a baseball team and bad stuff happens. Now, if sea level rise would take out Marlins Park, we're not just writing a $25,000 check. We're putting in the sandbags and we're figuring out what to do because that's our livelihood. And so the question I have is when it's your livelihood, what do you do? Do you take the opportunity to actually say that you are going to make the difference in tangible ways when it doesn't impact you directly? Or do you say, eh, we'll write the check. We'll have our 25-year-old social media person give statistics and hope people are paying attention. Statistics are good. I'm in, right? It's all the, an the analytics people. They help you win games. They help provide you information. What exactly did you learn from the social media channels other than the fact that there are a bunch of bastard incels who are making comments, nonstop comments, give me baseball. I didn't come here to see these stats. I could get those on MSNBC or CNN or Fox. Well, that's not the point. The point is that the owners go to bed at night saying we did it. We did all we can do. We can't do more. Tampa had a different, different view, different statement. The Rays organization stands committed to actionable change and has made a $50,000 commitment to every town for gun safety support fund. Every town is the largest gun violence prevention organization in America. Rather than our usual game coverage on social media tonight, we've partnered with every town to amplify facts about gun violence in America. We understand that no single organization can solve this crisis alone, but working together, we can make an impact. Really? Okay. We invite you to join us and do what you can, when you can, where you can, because our lives depend on it. I think it's time to get back into a studio, Coca. Shh, don't tell CBS, but I think it's time. I think I just lost power. I'm sitting here, and then all of a sudden I'm talking to myself. Coca's texting me, yelling. I can't hear him because we're not connected. So sorry, we were talking about Tampa. I, I wonder if you, I don't think you have technical difficulties if we were back in a studio. So I think it's, it's about that time. Let's work on that, Coca. Jerry, are you out there? Jerry, we need a studio, Jerry. That's an inside joke for all the people at UTA. Jerry. Okay, we're talking about Tampa. I don't know what you heard, but Tampa, in their statement, decided to explain what they're doing with their $50,000, telling all of us to do what we can, when we can, how we can, where we can, because our lives depend on it. All right. Okay.
Is that what I've been talking about? Is that the action? It's better than the Yankees? $50,000? No. Again, we told you why that, where that $50,000 comes from, and that still doesn't make it bad. Trust me, that's still good. But what is it that you can do? As you're sitting there listening to this while you're working out, while you're driving to work, while you're going about your business every day, are you thinking to yourself, what can I do? And you're being implored by baseball teams and by politicians who you're seeing cry and you're seeing how upset they are. We want you to act. We want action. What, what are you thinking you can do? I'm just asking. Have you come up with anything other than getting the right politicians in place who represent you? Do you want to become a police officer? Do you want to train police officers? Do you want to become an armed guard? Like armed and dangerous, John Candy and Eugene Levy? What is it that we're going to do? People with the biggest platforms, we talked about during 2020 and, and the social reckoning that no matter what size your platform is, you've got to do something. Whether you're at dinner with one person, whether you were an, uh, the head of a family, whether you're the head of a company, whether you're an employee of a company, the head of a department, whether you have a podcast that has 1,000 listeners, zero listeners, or 60,000 listeners a day, you all have a platform, you got to use it. In this case, I have a slightly different view, which is those with the biggest platforms have the largest responsibilities. Everybody right now is getting on media. They're all doing moments of silence and everyone on ESPN is going out and saying, this is outrageous. Jimmy Kimmel is crying on the air. I'm, I get it. Because you feel like there's nothing you can accomplish. So you're trying to get all the millions of people to watch you just to feel your pain or to watch you emote so people can say, oh, that you're normal, Stephen A. You're normal. I get it. But you can do more. You know that. And the more that you can do is your sphere of influence is different than the normal person. Your sphere of influence and mine too enables me to be in contact with politicians in a way that constituents actually can't be, which is ridiculous because they're supposed to represent the people, but you know as well as I do that you do not have access to politicians the way other people do. You think I'm not calling the politician friends who I know? Friends, that's, that is an absolute misuse of the word, Coca. Four, six, nine. You think I'm not calling the politician acquaintances who I know? And just asking, like, what's the plan? Where are you? Where are you in getting common sense gun legislation through? Where are you in trying to get the two Democrats to agree to get rid of the filibuster and pass this legislation that got through the House? Mandatory background checks? Like, what am I asking for? People, you're coming for my guns. That's what everyone says. I'm not coming for your guns. I'm asking why you need assault rifles, but that's neither here nor there. Well, wait a minute. For a bunch of families, it's totally here, not there. You know what's funny about politicians is they're so quick to make sure that we're all clear as to where they stand. Marco Rubio is a senator who you Floridians voted for. How is beyond me. How Florida turned as red as it has turned makes me smile. I don't think that you have the first idea about Rick Scott or Marco Rubio. Having met both of them, I can almost promise you you have no idea about what kind of person Marco Rubio is and how little Marco Rubio gives one flying rat's ass about you. Nothing. Oh, by the way, you don't live in Florida, you're ignoring this. I got news for you. Senators in every state impact you. You don't believe me? Watch what's happening now, right now in the United States of America. Senators of all 50 states impact you. Marco Rubio, 
It's always been about Marco from the moment I met him, which is 20 years ago as he was rising and wanted to be president of the United States. Marco Rubio, who loves being around athletes, anytime he can be around players, he likes it. He wants to be around power. He wants to be around things that he could never be. The Miami Heat tried, tried. Mickey Arison can do a hell of a lot more. He knows that, and I don't mean financially because Mickey Arison and Carnival are huge, huge people down in Florida. They, they exert great influence. They could get together, God forbid, with Royal Caribbean. Oh, my God, no way they can work together. Can they? Do you know what the port politics are in Miami? For those of you who do, you're smiling right now. You all get together. You could actually have sway in the city commission, the county commission, and in Tallahassee. Oh, that's right. The sway that you use is for business. Mm. Silly me. I did the same thing. You think I don't recognize it? You think that I'm not focused on making sure there's people who are politicians who are going to take care of public-private financing? It sickens me to think about how I acted. It sickens me to realize that everyone acts the same way as I do. I'm no, I'm no different. I'm no smarter than anyone, no dumber than anyone. I just had a job to do, and I was going to do the job. The rest of the world be damned. I don't care. If you are a politician and you are in favor of stadium financing, you've got my support. Because I lived in the theoretical world back then. Maybe the only way to be successful in business is to live in the theoretical world. Maybe if you live in the reality, you don't have the edge. I once said that to my therapist. Can we do a quick detour about therapy? I had, this is like two therapists ago. It's like doctors, right? You got to go to different ones, find different ones. I said to her, I said, you know, my concern is that if I lose some of the qualities I have, like the OCD qualities, or I had some eating issues, I have some body dysmorphic issues, I have some other issues, the anxiety issues, and I said, if I lose those things, aren't they part of who I am? And isn't who I am the reason why I'm successful in business? And if I don't continue to do the things that I've been doing for so long, aren't I taking the risk that I will come out the other side as someone different? And she said to me, you know, you can eat normally, lose the body dysmorphia, and you're not going to get fat. Because that was always my concern, right? If I don't act the way I act, then I'm going to get fat. Now, to me, in my own brain, and now we're really off the subject, I am. I'm about seven pounds more than I want to be, and you may think that's a joke, but to me it's not. I look at myself every day. I feel my stomach every day. I feel myself sucking in my stomach every day. I often compare myself to other people's stomachs who you see on TV, and they've got abs, and I don't know if they're painted like Ryan Gosling or they actually exist, but it just it's something I can't attain. I don't work to attain it. Even if I did work to attain it, I couldn't do it. I'm not going to take steroids because I'd rather not have shrinkage and I'd rather have the ability to do other stuff that I like doing. Yeah, 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 that thing. So I look at myself and I, I feel like I've let myself go. But then I look in comparison, there are other people 54 years old who are in their second trimester. So it's all very bizarre. But she said to me that what makes you you does not get lost when you are mentally healthy. And so I was thinking, am I still me now that I'm not working for the Marlins or working in baseball? Was it me who acted that way when it came to politicians, when it came? <coughs> Excuse me, that was horrible. Right in your ear, I didn't press the button. Is it me who just went balls to the wall to get done everything I wanted to get done in the business side? with reckless indifference toward any other issues? 
Or is it me now who looks back at that me saying that was me doing a job, but the actual me wasn't that, but at the time that was the actual me? Or is the actual you whatever you're doing at this particular moment? So it could change from day to day. She was very clear on that issue. The actual you doesn't change. You just may hide it. You may subdue it. You may pretend it's not there. But at the end of the day, you cannot run away from who you are and the way you are and the things you represent and the way you think about things. So I'd like to believe that this is me. This is me who's saying that I wouldn't do it all. I wouldn't trade it, trade the business for people's lives. I don't know. So Marco Rubio, getting back to him, the Miami Heat did a, not just a moment of silence, they did an entire campaign before the game of the Eastern Conference Finals that they lost game five, where they said, by the way, here's your senators, give them a call. Their number is 212-569-6969, give them a call. Tell them what you think about guns, knowing that the two senators, Scott and Rubio, are Republicans, and Rubio is the number one Trump butt-licker of all time, ironically, and Rick Scott is just Rick Scott. There's nothing more to say about that. So Marco Rubio got furious. And so he tweeted out, hey, the NBA is pretty uh, interesting the way they have their double standards talking to me about gun violence. What about them and the business they do in China? Billions of dollars of business watching people get enslaved and tortured, yada, yada. Okay. One nothing you, Marco. Not. What exactly does that have to do with the fact that the NBA, oh, I get it, because people do something wrong, that means they can never do something right. Or because they do something wrong, that means you can do something wrong because really it's all by comparison. It's all frames of reference. So from your perspective, if someone else is doing something worse than what you're doing, that excuses the conduct that you're currently doing. Isn't that fascinating? How many of you on the playground act that same way? That guy stole three Hostess cupcakes. I only took a powdered donut. Well, that person is sleeping with 26 people at once. I'm only sleeping with four people at once. Everything by comparison. It's interesting. Okay, Marco, you don't win. I'm not allowing you to win. I'm not allowing the people of this country anymore to be subdued and screwed by these senators who believe and actually say that they have the best interests of you in mind. They don't. We're going to do the homework. We're going to hire someone, nothingpersonalds at gmail.com, and we are going to get you the information on all of these senators, all of these people who pretend, and that's what they do. They are pretending because they don't live the life you live. They don't want to live the life you live. They want power. They want money. Hard stop. Now, power and money, not so bad. The mafia likes power and money, right? A lot of people like power and money. Hmm. Is that what you want from your politicians? Speaking of power, money, and mafia, when we come back, 67-year-old Ray Liotta died yesterday, one of my favorite actors. We're going to give you my top five Ray Liotta movies, and we're also going to talk about what Josh Donaldson's doing, chasing his tail, trying to make up for the fact that he made a boo-boo when it comes to Tim Anderson and Jackie Robinson. We'll be right back on Nothing Personal. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's David Sampson. Thank you for making it through that gauntlet. There's commercials before the show, during the show, middle of the show, after the show. Money, money, money. I mean, listen, we talked about money and power prior to the break. I mean, let's just face it. It's not necessarily only about money and power, but just know that Coca needs a new pair of shoes. Ray Liotta is an actor who all of you know. 67. So when I was young, 67 seemed kind of old. Right now, 67 seems super young. Now, you could say that Ray Liotta lived hard, looked like he was 67 when he was 47, but now he's dead and I'm despondent. Top five Ray Liotta movies. Ready? It's going to surprise you because Goodfellas is not number one, and I'll explain why. Top five Ray Liotta movies. Number five, Blow, with Amber Heard's ex-husband, Captain Jack Sparrow, If you did cocaine in Los Angeles in the 1980s, there's a 79% chance that it came from me, George Young. George Young's father was played by Ray Liotta. It is a great movie. I've talked about it to you before. Watch it. Blow, number five. Number four, what's better than a scam? There's a movie called Heartbreakers with Sigourney Weaver, Kristen Love Hewitt, and Ray Liotta. It's a mother-daughter team who go around marrying guys, and Jason Lee is in it from Almost Famous and from Chasing Amy. And uh, they go around finding guys, they marry them, then they divorce them and take their money. It's absolutely, it's Jennifer Love Hewitt. What did I say? Sorry, Coca. It is definitely Jennifer Love Hewitt, not Kristen. I don't know who Kristen is. Is that a different person? Anyway, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Sigourney Weaver, Ray Liotta. Heartbreakers. You may not have seen it, but trust me, you're going to love it. It's quite funny. It's sort of, it's not Dirty Rotten Scoundrels with Michael Caine and Steve Martin, but it's pretty damn close. Number three, my favorite baseball movie, Ray Liotta plays Shoeless Joe Jackson in Field of Dreams. There are people who have not seen Field of Dreams, and I can't figure out why, because if you have any sort of thought about a parent or thought about a child or thought about the beauty of sports and the beauty of competition and the emotion, any emotion, you gotta watch Field of Dreams, Ray Liotta has one of the best lines about Ty Cobb. We didn't like the bastard when he was alive, so screw him. Something like that. That was the line. 
just check out Field of Dreams. Number two Ray Liotta movie is called Goodfellas. That's the movie that you're reading about now, every obituary. That was his obituary movie, was Goodfellas. It's in the first line of his obituary. The minute he made it, it was going to be in the first line of his obituary. Ray Liotta, 67, died today, best known for playing Henry Hill in the Goodfellas, written, co-written by Martin Scorsese, directed by Martin Scorsese. Goodfellas starring, starring Paul Sorvino, Robert De Niro, Lorraine Bracco. It's mind-boggling the number of copycat movies that have come from Goodfellas. None of them have approached Goodfellas. It's one of those movies that you can't not see before you die. That's way too many negatives. Please just go see it if you haven't seen it. But Ray Liotta's best movie is a movie that I saw when it came out in the theaters because there was no streaming at the time. And it was a life changer, an absolute life changer for me. It was my first introduction to Melanie Griffith. I was of the age where Melanie Griffith without a shirt on was something that was mind-boggling to me. The violence in it I had not been allowed to see before in a movie. Jeff Daniels had not been in Dumb and Dumber yet. I had not seen him in Speed. I had not seen him. He had not done anything that I knew of. The movie is called Something Wild. Something Wild has a soundtrack with Sister Carolina with David Byrne, among others, Fine Young Cannibals. It's a soundtrack that I listen to to this day. As a matter of fact, if I go on my music app right now, and this is live, this is not something that has ever been, we didn't, we didn't actually predict that I was going to do this because I didn't know I was going to do this. But if you go to my library and you go to Something Wild and you can see it right there, Something Wild soundtrack is right on top. The music is simply incredible. Oingo Boingo? Forgot about that. Man with a Gun, Jerry Harrison, also from the Talking Heads. Ray Liotta plays a, the ex-boyfriend of Melanie Griffith who ends up getting very jealous of her relationship with Jeff Daniels, which is not really a relationship until it becomes a relationship. It's better than Goodfellas. There's a hot take for you. Something Wild is better than Goodfellas. It's directed by Coca, either Jonathan Demi or Ted Demi. Jonathan Demi, who did Stop Making Sense, the David Byrne movie, I think it's Jonathan Demi directed Something Wild. It is Jonathan. Please check it out. My message to you, Ray, is one of thanks because to entertain people as we are coming to learn, and if you have a podcast or if you have a show or if you spend your life with a microphone in front of your face, you understand that what you're doing is you're trying to add some sort of entertainment, some sort of memory, some sort of levity, something to somebody every day. You are bearing your soul so that other people can, it's like being the giving tree. Have you ever read Shel Silver? Here's a detour, sorry, Coca. Shel Silverstein wrote a book called The Giving Tree. The Giving Tree is about a big tree and a boy. And the boy keeps taking things from the tree. And the boy needs branches, so the tree says, you can have my branches. The boy needs leaves. The tree says, you can take my leaves. The boy needs dirt, you can take my dirt. The boy needs water, take my water. The boy needs bark, take my bark. And the giving tree just keeps giving and finally there's nothing left of the tree. And it's just a stump, like it had been completely, it's gone. And the boy had become an old man by now. And the old man said, I need one more thing. And the tree said, well, I got nothing. Like I gave you everything I have. And the boy said, you can give me one more thing. I need to rest. And the tree said, well, I'm a stump. You can just sit on me now. 
And I believe the book ends with the boy being an old man sitting on the stump. I haven't looked at that book in 40 years. And uh, that's not true. My youngest is 19. So I would say I looked at that book 16 years ago would be the last time, not 40. And when you are in the entertainment business, that's a little bit what it's like. And I'm not complaining. We are all paid very handsomely. We all satisfy our ego by doing what we do. We all want to believe that we are more important than we are. We all want to have some sort of say. That's why you see actors talking about politics and actors trying to be rock stars and rock stars trying to be actors and everyone trying to be politicians because everyone's just trying to see how far out the power can go, how much the ego can be fed. We all do it. If you think about it, people do it in very, very many different jobs. But when you've got a camera and a microphone, it tends to bring out the biggest ego part of you. And every show that we do, it's a little bit, right? It's a little bit. You feel it. It's a little bit. And we do five shows a week. And by the end of the week, I, I, I'm, I'm hurting. And I'm not asking for sympathy. Trust me. I'm just telling you what's in my head and what's in my vocal cords. Ray Liotta, he gave. He gave and we took. Thank you for that. I'm sad that he's dead. I'm sad that all these people who I've watched were part of my life because, I mean, selfishly, it just means that I'm, not, I'm no longer like in the hole. I'm no longer on deck. Like I'm at the damn plate now. Criminy. All right, Coca, let's talk about Josh Donaldson. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. That's the segment we do from a movie called Half Baked. If you haven't watched Half Baked, please get about 68, 69th Baked. Sit down and stream and watch Half Baked. There's a character in there whose name is Samson, and people want to talk to him. So get into my Twitter, David P. Samson, and ask me a question. And I may do it on the show. I may respond to it. I respond to as much as I can. Trust me, those who have been responded to know. Why did Josh Donaldson issue a statement? Please explain. Well, there's no hello, David, there. I don't mind when people say hello or how you doing or what's shaking or what's up. How have you been? How are you? How do you feel? How's your family? Anyway, Josh Donaldson is the third baseman for the New York Yankees, the socially active New York Yankees. Josh Donaldson was suspended one game, as we predicted, for calling Tim Anderson an African-American player in baseball, likely the best African-American player in baseball, one of the best players in baseball, regardless of color which is how it should be scribed anyway. And called him Jackie, as in Jackie Robinson. We did a show on it, I don't remember when it was, a couple days ago. And uh, it may have been yesterday, actually. I'm not even sure, because that's how I roll. Coca, just let me know what day it is, because I'm going to work it into the segment by saying, two days ago, we spoke about blank, or three days ago, or one day ago. And uh, Josh Donaldson gave an interview where he said, listen, I, I've been calling him Jackie for years. You know, if, I, if he's upset, I'm sorry, but I didn't mean to upset him. That was it. That was it. All of a sudden, yesterday, after much contemplation and time with his agents and Major League Baseball, he decided to release a statement. And I need to read it to you because it's pretty, pretty good. So it starts like this. First and foremost, I have the utmost respect for what Tim Anderson brings to the game of baseball. What does that have to do with anything, Josh? Why are you starting your statement like that? Let's see if the second sentence is better. 
I stated over the weekend that I apologized for offending Tim and that it was a misunderstanding based on multiple exchanges. Haven't we told people for two years and 600 episodes, stop repeating the mistake you made by saying, here's what I did. You're trying to move on to do the right thing. Clearly, what you did before was the wrong thing, which is why you're doing the statement in the first place. So the statement does not have to recount all that you did that was wrong. But let's see if the third sentence gets it done. My view of that exchange hasn't changed, and I absolutely meant no disrespect. Oh my God, who workshopped this? If your view hasn't changed, why are you making the statement? Is it a clarification of your view? No, you said that you haven't changed your mind about anything. Is it because you're under pressure to make a statement? The answer is yes to that. But what's the statement for? What's it about? Why are you doing it? Maybe the next sentence will help us. I would also like to apologize to Mrs. Rachel Robinson and the Jackie Robinson family for any distress this incident may have caused. Jackie was a true American hero, and I hold his name in the highest regard. O-M-G. Horse hockey! You don't want to apologize to Rachel Robinson or the Jackie Robinson family. You don't realize any distress you caused, and if you did cause distress, you really don't care about it either, do you? He was a true American hero. Has anyone seen that in any other press releases? Is that a recycled sentence that both the Players Union and Major League Baseball have used in statements before that Jackie Robinson's described as a true American hero? Or is that, are those your original words? You hold his name in the highest regard? Major League Baseball and, and Josh's agents, if you guys could just pay attention for one quick second here. The object of this statement and this apology was not to say that Josh holds his name in the highest regard. It's to have him understand that words have consequences and that when he is using Jackie's name toward a black player, it is not just insulting, but it's inappropriate. And it means that God knows what else he's doing that's insulting and inappropriate. And what we're trying to do is maybe educate him on why it's insulting and inappropriate. And maybe we could have worked that into the statement because maybe then we could start having progress moving forward. But instead, we have to do some vanilla BS statement about, I'm sorry about the distress this has caused anybody in the family because he's a true American hero. It's a bunch of crap. Entire statement. Why bother? They had to do it, of course. Had to issue it because... Major League Baseball had to make sure that everyone was clear that when it comes to black people, we are serious. When it comes to racism, we are the go-to league. Steph Curry won the Magic Johnson World Series. World, uh, God damn it. That would have been such a great segue. Four, six, nine. Pause it after the, however I ended that last segment, and go right to, Ready? Steph Curry was named the Magic Johnson Western Conference Finals MVP yesterday, and we picked it. We're 65 and 49 in our nothing personal pick of the day. We are H-O triple T, folks. H-O-T. Warriors won by, I don't know, 10 points, whatever. They covered the seven and a half point spread. Sixth finals in eight years. When you say six finals in eight years, who do you think of? Do you think of the Buffalo Buffs? I think of the Chicago Bulls. And the only reason it wasn't eight and eight is because Jordan was out of the game. But it ended up being six and eight. Sorry, Scotty, who, by the way, is so miserable now. Scotty, relax. We love you, man. 
You were good at basketball. The new name of the Western Conference Finals MVP is the Magic Johnson Award. Tonight, the Boston Celtics are going to get the Larry Bird Eastern Conference Finals MVP Award, which will go to the best player in the Eastern Conference. That's who's going to get the Larry Bird Eastern Conference Finals Award. It's funny that the NBA just named these this year, and the Celtics may get... They're going to actually, what am I talking about? The Celtics are winning the Eastern Conference first time since 2010. Jason Tatum likely will be the winner of the Eastern Conference Finals MVP, the trophy named after Larry Bird. That's sort of cool. Would have been cool if a Laker had won the Magic Johnson Western Conference Finals MVP, but of course the Lakers were not playing in October. So that'll do it. So the pick of the day today is a pretty simple one. I'm sorry, Heat. I had the Heat in five, but the reality is the Heat are losing in six. So we've got Celtics to the finals. We're 65 and 49. Okay, I told you we talk about John Gruden and we have to explain to you what's happening there because it's actually an interesting story. Remember John Gruden, the former coach of the Las Vegas Raiders? John Gruden, the guy who was working for ESPN. John Gruden, the Super Bowl winning coach for the, I don't know, is it the Tempe Buccaneers, Coca? He won a Super Bowl somewhere. I don't remember for who. And he, um, it is Tampa. Okay, thank you, the Buccaneers. And he, uh, sent all these emails that were misogynistic and racist and all sorts of bad stuff. The emails got leaked. He got fired. This was all part of the Washington command skins. They're holding the investigation into their front office and all the bad stuff that Danny Boy did. And John Gruden's the one who got canned. So John Gruden gets canned by Mark Davis, even though Mark Davis doesn't want to can him. Now, John Gruden is suing the NFL. And it's been a pretty big deal because the NFL said, we don't want to get sued. You can't sue us. And John Gruden said, but you guys leaked the emails. And the NFL said, prove it. And John Gruden said, fine, let's go to court. The NFL said, no way, Jose. We want to go to arbitration because any lawsuit arising from any contract between any person, any team has to get decided in arbitration. Why would you want to be in arbitration? The NFL always wants to be in arbitration, like with Chris, uh, with, um, oh my God, Randy Flores, the coach, that's not who, who, Brian Flores. God, D, it's Friday. The whole big issue in all these cases is the NFL wants to keep it out of court because if it's in court, everything's public. And then you've got a level of discovery that goes public and all of a sudden, all the dirty laundry, all the dirty secrets become public. So the NFL will do anything. They will hire millions of dollars worth of attorneys to make sure that these cases stay in arbitration. John Gruden, on the other hand, is no pauper, and he said, screw it. Let's try to get this in court. We're going to go all the way, May. The NFL said, well, here's where we're going to start in Nevada. We are going to ask for a motion to dismiss your entire case. And then we're going to say, if you're not going to dismiss it, then it's got to be an arbitration. So you've got to move it to arbitration, arbitrators. Well, just the other day, a judge in Nevada ruled two things. Number one. Dear NFL, the judge said, we deny your motion to dismiss because we feel there's enough here that deserves to be heard, deserves to be litigated. A motion to dismiss generally can only survive if there's literally no opportunity, no chance of surviving, of winning. Also, judges look on appeal whether or not if they grant a motion to dismiss, will there be an appeal, will they lose? So the judge in this case said, nah, no motion to dismiss. The NFL said, all right, I can get through that. But listen, this has to be arbitration. Well, this judge said, no way. We are doing this in my courtroom in Nevada. 
John Gruden left the courtroom and said, hey, we're just happy that we're moving forward. We want the truth to come out because the NFL did some bad things and I want my money. The NFL came out and guess what they said? We're appealing because you can appeal this Nevada court and you just go higher and higher and higher. You go full higher and higher. They may want to go to the Supreme Court. Now, why is the NFL trying so hard to not have this happen? Here's the, here's the bottom line in this case and the thing that should concern, concern all of us is the reason they don't want what is now coming, which is discovery, is that if word gets out, and the reason why the NFL wants to make sure that discovery doesn't happen is they're afraid of all of you seeing the way they actually operate and they're the big bad NFL. And their view is that what you don't know won't hurt you. And by the way, you generally follow us no matter what we do, but we still don't want you to see the entire truth because then we run the possible risk of actually offending someone and saying, hey, my fantasy, my gambling, it doesn't actually matter all that much. But what's the truth, folks, as you're looking at this lawsuit? I'm just curious if you'd answer this to yourself. If you find out that the NFL actually did leak the emails that ended up costing Gruden his job because they needed a fall guy for the situation in Washington, what would you do? Would you be upset? Would you say that's not nice what they did to Gruden? Would you say they deserve to pay Gruden more than just the money he had left on his contract for pain and suffering and humiliation? Or would you say, hey, that's business? I know what I would say. Sorry, John, it's just business. This is nothing personal. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.